Welcome to Wobblies and Wizards. I'm your host, Loga the Barbarian, joined by our guest, Jack, from Cobblepath Games. She has a few neat little games here, starting with Stacks of Goblins and Locusts. Welcome. Thank you. And hi. <laughs> Hello. How are you doing today? <laughs> I'm okay. Yeah, not too bad. Good, good, good. So what can you tell us about the, the games that you have out here? Okay, so um, we've currently got two out. We're hoping to be crowdfunding a third, which I'll probably mention. Um, we have two very different games. We have Locus, which is a personal psychological horror game that's quite large, comes as two books, um, and took us five years to write. Um, and then we have Stacks of Goblins, which is a 20-page scene comedy game about being a bunch of goblins in a trench coat. <laughs> that they're being very convincing and fooling everybody that they're definitely not a load of goblins in the trench coat I, uh, that I wrote in about two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds great. I'm really, I'm really fascinated by that. Uh, we had we recently played that game Troika, and one of the players played a bunch of cats in a trench coat. So I, I find this, I find the, the whole idea funny very much. The cartoons and stuff like that. Amazing. I appreciate it. At LARP, there was an ongoing um, joke about a particularly tall guy who was a leader <laughs> of his faction being a load of goblins in a trench coat. <laughs> that's, that's where it originally came from for me. But there are actually, there's a whole subgenre apparently of tabletop RPGs about being goblins in trench coats. <laughs> I, I did not know this. Something <laughs> I'm learning. I. I learn new things all the time. I'm gonna have to delve into this and find out more. If there's any others you can direct us to, I'd like to find them all and see how uh, many they can make. <laughs> there's, there's one called Three Goblins in the Trench Coat, I think. If you type goblins or trench coat into into itch, you get a load of them. <laughs> it's brilliant. I, I didn't know that any of these existed before I wrote this one. Now, the locust is kind of the opposite. It's a little more frightening, correct? Yeah. Um, so, so locust was our labor of love. It was it's our flagship game. We spent five years making it thereabouts. Um, it was born out of the fact that we very much wanted something scary because we like horror and we like horror that scared us um, and that the particular niche that we were particularly fond of was one that we weren't aware of at the time being in tabletop RPGs. So it's um, very supernatural and it's very much based on kind of characters' guilt and characters sort of um, like their regrets and that sort of personal connection to, to the horror that's happening rather than the more common stuff of the cosmic horror, um, which is very common in tabletop RPGs at least. And also like there's quite a lot of monster horror in tabletop RPGs where it's like there is a big nasty monster and it's out to get yeah. you and those are all cool but they're not our vibe so we made Locus which is much more about it has monsters and it has monsters that are custom made to reflect the player characters um, there's a whole chapter in the director's guide about how to make your own monsters to reflect your players characters but it's, most, it's more about that sort of emotional connection to the characters and how that keys into the bad things and the scary stuff that's happening so when you're saying emotional connections to the characters i'm curious how that how you're approaching that in the game like how are you making that happen mm -hmm. so um as part of a character's creation every character has to have a haunt 
um, which is an event in their past that weighs on them in some way. It doesn't necessarily have to be something that they did, but it has to be an event that happened around them that they have regrets about, that they feel that they could have done something differently in. And that is used as a key prompt for how the director creates situations and for small experiences that they have that we call spot effects or um, set pieces, depending on the specifics of them. Um, there's a lot of theatre terminology within the game, um, which is where spot effects and set pieces come from. But yeah, the, the idea is that you have that and it becomes the central core of your character and the, hor the horror that the director kind of aims at your character is always is linked to that haunt including the monsters that you deal with. So every character will have at least one monster that is a manifestation of their own regrets and guilt and fears about their haunt. Um, so I, like I watch a lot of scary movies here and there, you know, and I don't usually find them too frightening. But one of the ways I've noticed that films accomplish the fear and terror is like by using cuts and or music and, and trying to evoke emotion through music. So I'm curious, what are some of the ways that we're approaching horror in Locus that helps because we don't have that we can't control every moment of it at the table no. as a collaborative thing um yeah like that was a really interesting challenge when designing it actually because it a lot of the the key parts of the experience are completely out of our hands as designers we can't control how you do music at the table we can't control the atmosphere you're in um we can suggest that you light candles and play the game by candlelight but you we can't make you for example. So one of the key ways is that a lot of the mechanic, something that we baked into a lot of the game was the idea of um, mechanical consequences. So a key part of just a through line of pretty much everything, obviously it ties in with the thematics of the haunts, but also the mechanics are made to highlight the outcomes of what you choose to do. So the dice roll system is very bell curvy, meaning that higher stats, which are bad, and lower stats, which are good. Higher stats mean that you are very likely to fail at things. If you have a high stat in something, low stats mean that you're really likely to succeed. So your choices stat-wise in character creation as a player will consistently come back to bite you when you're playing the game. Simultaneously, there are heavy consequences for things like getting injured. Um, injuries are permanent. But a lot of what we tried to do was make it so that the players always have agency to do things, but those things might not go well. I, I like the idea that injuries are permanent in game. That, that, is, that, that, is, that is pretty cool, especially for a horror game. I, I can see that like, oh, no, I lost my hand or I lost my, you know, and you have to deal with that. Your character has to deal with the consequences of what physically happened to them throughout. I think that's fascinating. How does that play out in game often when running this? I'm curious from when you ran it. So the key thing is, is uh, to, to go into this specific part of it. The Locus is not designed to be a long running game. So 
we'd say about one to five sessions is the average. Um, so part of it is the fact that, you know, one of the reasons why you can't heal injuries in it is because even injuries that could be healed would take too long to heal over the course of how long the, the fiction is supposed to last. It's a couple of days at most, usually. But how it ends up playing out is injuries are kind of separated into two things. So when you get an injury, you either get a minor, a major or a grievous wound. Those represent different like levels of injuries. Minors are scratches, bruises. Major are fractures, things that will impair you, but not necessarily um, completely change the way you operate. And grievous wounds are things like losing an arm, losing an eye, being in constant pain. When you receive those you fill out essentially what's a hp bar we call it the death door tracker it is a permanent health bar that you cannot erase flips from and you fill in different amounts depending on how serious the wound is three de- grievous wounds will kill a character immediately just just straight out but they're quite rare and 27 minor wounds will kill a character in total <laughs> i'd hate to be the fellow that got 27 cuts on his finger and died yeah. from it <laughs> yeah but i mean if you get that many nicks and bruises from the monsters in the place you're gonna keel over eventually i mean i i, I don't know I, I can rival that i'm pretty i can be pretty physical and i can get lots of scratches and bruises going on. you might find yourself not agreeing with that if you're against a monster of your own mental creation um oh, no. my <laughs> nightmares have come true um so the other thing is that when the injuries that you receive will put a cap on the difficulty of your roles. So if you have a grievous wound that hasn't been treated, every role you ever make will be hard. You cannot make a role that's less unless you have an item to assist you. You can treat wounds, which will reduce that penalty. So grievous wounds, will you can make normal roles. If you receive a grievous wound, you are never having an easy role again in the entire game um, because your character is in too much pain. They're dealing with too much of their body being different to how they're used to it operating or whatever that might mean yeah it's quite a dramatic one but what we found is that it does mean that they have weight without the and they have lasting weight rather than just oh no a bunch of my hp is gone which is totally cool for a lot of games but (laughs) not for what we were making um but you when you take the hit you have a thing to deal with, but also a permanent cost that doesn't go away. And that means that everything feels a lot more consequential. Those consequences are looming, even if you never experience them, which is one of the key parts of a lot of this. Like Death is a thing, but we kind of say in the book, we don't expect characters to die in most Locust games because death kind of ends everything like like if your character dies you're no longer going to be scared because you've already kind of got the worst consequence (laughs) but you've got to be worried about that happening so we kind of try and make it so that for a lot of the game at least up until the finale there are things that stop uh, there are reasons why characters shouldn't die unless they do something very very wrong you also use playing cards in this in fact it looks like the 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 icons the the hearts spades clubs and diamonds are even on the character sheet itself could you explain what's going on here uh so with haunts which i mentioned earlier um they are we separated them into four categories each of which is given a suit 
So every haunt is either a haunt of temptation, a haunt of apathy, a haunt of discord, or a haunt of malice. Um, and that keys into one of the suits of cards. They have guidance on what those four things mean for monsters. So we've got symbology attached to each of those suits for the different types of monsters you can make. Um, but also in game, players will there will be a deck of cards and players will draw from it as they do things. And it represents the kind of the grip that the world has them in. It represents the weight of the, the bad place that they're in on them. And it's mostly a role play cue for the director. The players mostly interact with it in a, they know that having lots of cards in their hand is bad. And they can do things like indulge in their haunt or, um, or uh, indulge in their virtue to discard and gain willpower. And if you draw a card that is the same card as your virtue suit, you immediately discard it and get some extra willpower. And haunt cards require more significant action to get rid of out of your hand. So if you have a card that's of the same suit as your haunt, it's more difficult to shake it because of the link there with what with your past, basically. So that's that's what the cards are. They're mostly a sort of role play guide to an extent, or like a pacing guide for the director. We're going to come, come up on about on time here in a little bit. Before we go, could you let the listeners know where they can find Locus or, or even a stack of goblins as well and where they can pick those up and check them out? Sure. So um, primarily our main store is on Itch. We have a website at cobblehalfgames.co.uk, but it mostly links to our Itch. You can get Locus on DriveThruRPG. Stacks of Goblins isn't currently on there, though. Um also, you can get the physical copies of Stacks of Goblins by either emailing me directly, because I haven't organized the proper thing yet, um, <laughs> or um, in Canada and America, the Ratty Incantati store has just stocked them. Also, we're going to be at UK Games Expo selling both physically, um, along with a zine for one of the stories for Locus as well. Um, but if you want them digitally, they're available on Itch primarily, and Itch also has a bundle where you can get Locus plus the two stories we've written for it at a reduced price for the three of them. And as always, if you enjoy what you've heard here today, please give us a positive review wherever you're listening. And I want to thank people out there who have done that for us. It's been a great help. You can find us on Facebook. Just search Wobblies and Wizards. Wobbliesandwizards.com is our blog. I'm on Twitter at Lodogar Hale Crom. We're on Patreon. We could really use the support if you're inclined to do so. Patreon.com backslash Wobblies and Wizards. And as always, keep those dice rolling.